The question becomes, what is a point of no return, right? Where, where do you give so much away for the means of greater levels of efficiency and less effort that you've lost out on the human experience? Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Entrepreneur. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here and so happy to have you. I absolutely love doing this show. And today uh, we have a real treat for you, my friend, Dr. Brett Jones in the house. Brett is one of the most, I would say, prolific speakers in the world. And um, he has such a unique view on society and on culture and uh, specifically on health and well-being. And um I have had him several times on the show now or on shows I've done in the past and uh, worked with him at several events. And whenever you talk to him, it's like getting an electric jolt of lightning right to the heart and that uh, charges you up to go and live your purpose. He wrote a book called Know Who the Fuck You Are, uh, which is a fantastic primer on his whole mindset. I highly recommend you check out all his stuff. In fact, we are going to be doing a event together, an event together in March in Phoenix called Soul Revival, March 26th in Phoenix. And I highly recommend you check out tickets. We're going to have that listed on newwaveentrepreneur.com as well, so you can learn more about that event. So that's, I mean, that's the main thing. Other announcements are that, well, if you haven't checked out newwaveentrepreneur.com, go ahead and do that because all the archives of the show are on that, that URL. And also we have links to our workshops, to our different trainings we have going on. And, uh, and if you're not already subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to the show on, go ahead and do that as well. So if it's like Spotify or uh, if, it, if it's iTunes, just follow it and leave a comment and a review. Why? Because the better the show does, the better guests we can get because people want to see shows that are doing well. I know it's crazy, but it helps us. So thank you so much. Uh, and I'm whispering a little bit because I'm doing this intro right at night, the night before the show. So now you have a little bit of the pre-production knowledge and Sarah is asleep and I don't want to wake her up, but I hope that you enjoy this episode with Brett. Why? Uh, well, because if you allow Dr. Brett Jones to open your mind, you'll find you'll learn quite a lot from this dynamo of uh, human motivation and spiritual knowledge. Let's check in with Dr. Brett Jones and jump into the show right now. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's up? Dude, I mean, there's a lot going on, bro. I'm excited to be here for all of this. I think that's the big thing is a lot of people are are um, wanting things to go back to something that used to be instead of embracing what a fucking interesting and beautiful and challenging and just opening and expansive time to be alive. I couldn't go back to any other year but today because every other year before this was slightly more racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, every year gets a little bit less racist. So I can't go back even one day because yeah. every day we're teaching these people what they need to know. So I guess for us, like it's good. It's a good time to be alive. For others, like, man, I yeah. wish I had my slaves back. I, I have a secret. I have a secret urge, or not urge, a, a secret um, like fantasy of being an affluent white male in the 1950s. I just feel like it would be ultimate control. You know, maybe it's a lie. Maybe it's just what I saw in Mad Men on TV. Yeah, and you, but you saw there's a lot of emptiness in that shit too, right? Yeah, that's true. Just mostly just drunk alcoholics. Yep. You know, that died of cancer at 55. Yeah, that's true. I think I think overall, like society is getting. Uh, I was talking about this on another show. Like, I think that we are. There's so much that's happening, and we're moving towards a singularity. But mm. I don't know if the human race is going to survive to make it to see it. Mm. You know, we're racing towards it with AI, AR, VR. You know, quantum computing, blockchain technology, mm. uh, 5G, all this stuff. We're racing towards it. All this technology is like you know blending with humanity. We're always using it. You know, it's, I'm wearing a Bluetooth headset right now. Soon it will be connected to my my brainstem. But will humanity survive? Not only the technological shift, but just the war that's going to take to get to this point. We're already seeing now. You, you look in the news on the verge of another war. Yeah, it was interesting concept. I mean, yes, yeah, I mean, we can go into that too. But when you say singularity and the race towards singularity, I think there's a lot of people that have this ideal of moving towards the one. Right. Being that we come from the one. But I, I do want to go deeper into this because I think there is a, a general misperception. And this perception is that we are here having a human experience for a reason. And that human experience is possible within the third dimension where we have time and space and where we have the perception of another. And so being an individual is part of the human experience. When you lose your human, you're losing your individual which mean you have gone to the one and you've probably left this dimension and or you're missing out on the reason that we're here in the first place. So my mentor says this, you know, Dr. Marvin Tulls, the human is here for two main reasons, to feel what it feels like to give like God, right? And so when I say that, right, when you go outside of the third dimension, you lose time and space and you start to join the one, the I am, the, the great spirit, you know, um, whatever you want to call it. But in God consciousness, without time and space, there is no other. You know, for those that have experienced um, different journeys, you know, whether it be through plant relations or breath work or deep meditation or fasting or plant relations, you got with the plants. There's a variety of ways to get beyond our normal state of consciousness. But those, for those that have experienced that, you got you start to feel into that, you know, like where where the ego dies, right? Um, your feeling of the individuality is is gone. Now, with that, in that, uh, especially if you enter more of you know the DMT states, mm-hmm. which again, uh, DMT is endogenous. When you enter uh, elevated states of DMT expression, or you could say Kundalini arising, or you could say third eye opening, or crown chakra opening in that in that no other uh things are just happening they're just happening and they're all happening at once and so we are here in the third dimension as a human to receive and to feel what it feels like to give like god meaning to give to other because in that all consciousness all things at all at all time there is no perception of another so that's part of the blessing and that's what makes us an individual that's what makes us human uh the second reason we are here is to receive as a result of effort to receive as a result of effort. And so now you can already probably start bringing in a lot of the modernization 
uh, that's been happening and the tech advances and uh, there, there's, there's drastically happening less less effort in many ways, potentially more mentally stressful because that is the, it's been become more of a game of the mind, if you will, but less effort. And so we're here to receive as a result of effort because in the all God consciousness that is all present, all knowing, all powerful, it just is. And so what makes effort is time. Now, your perception of effort is based on often time and space. So I do have concern, as I know you do as well, is that as we make some of these quote unquote advancements, are they coming at the advancement of human? And a lot of people can't even answer that because they don't even understand what is human, what are the principles of a human, and that there was a blueprint laid out for us by our ancestors. And so for those that are interested, you can look into previous um previous civilizations, one of them being the Hopi and the Hopi prophecy, meaning and I'll actually, before I even get into that, because I don't even need to really go deep on that, is this, we're operating with a misperception, you can read this uh, with Steiner's work, um, that we think we're the most evolved species, right, that the human is like, in this generation, is evolved, if you study ancient civilizations and where we actually come from, and whether you're talking about the Anunnaki or whether you're talking about the Sumerians or you're talking, you know, I mean, like where we actually come from, and then up the line, there's even more the ancient civilizations that happened prior to this dimension that we're aware of. So now you're getting into the Atlanteans and some of the other ones there, the Palladians. This species is actually pretty default, meaning that we come from much higher realms of consciousness. And not only that, much higher realms of being. Being a fucking human. So it was on, yeah, season one, episode four. It's called The Empowered Human of Ancient Civilizations. It was an episode on the, with, and it was talking to an Egyptian archaeologist, and he's talking about human senses. Most of us here are used to, uh, you know, hearing and operating uh, with five senses. Right. You're often, you're often used to hearing, oh, yeah, you got your basic five senses, right? You got your, your smell and you got your taste and you got your hearing and you got your feeling and you got your sight. Okay, that's your five senses. He said the human in some of the ancient Egyptian times was operating with 365 senses. And so this is one big reality that I've come to live in is this for every quote unquote advancement that's been made in man's creation or humans creation because you have god's creation which is the human right and then you got humans creation which is the technology for every advancement and it's happened within humans creation or what's often gets called man's creation it comes at a sacrifice at a sacrifice of the human which is god's creation i'm just laughing because all i said was one thing and you just went off sorry bro <laughs> I love, I love it. You make my job so easy because people are just they're listening. Like what they're trying to follow the individual threads of what you said. One of the things I thought was uh, was good and was so relevant, and I, what I find is so true in my life is that we're meant to feel the results of like meaningful effort or the fruits of our labor. And that in that mm. way, you know, one you see previous generations were just so much harder, bro harder they would get their legs amputated in the middle of a battle scene they would you know they would just be living outside of the elements uh they would get all types of different diseases and, and, and live through it harder people for harder times and i think that even though there are the modern conveniences uh make life very enjoyable in a lot of ways 
the softer you become and the less you're accustomed to having to exert effort for anything that you get, the less anything satisfies you at all. And then what people, yes. And then what people have forgotten is you've given all your power away to something outside of yourself. And that's the biggest thing. So let me give you some examples on what I'm talking about when I say every advancement, quote unquote, advancement that we've made in the external technology has come at a sacrifice of our internal technology, which is basically our internal power. It's the continual, um, basically relinquishing of one's power and giving it to something outside of yourself. For right now, you look at your fucking phone, everything your phone can do, the human used to be able to, right? I want to make a call somewhere to... So a relative uh, across the way, across the land, across the world. We were able to do that by connecting to the larger field. What is the fucking internet? The internet is basically the Akashic records, right? You go look into, you know, oh, I want to look up, blah, blah, blah. I can find it out. Like, right now, like the infinite, uh, the internet has a source of the infinite. Is there anything that you can think of that you probably can't find something up on the internet at this moment, right? You come up with the most fucking random shit. I want to see, I don't know, bat shit in asia i don't know whatever the fuck you name the fucking random ass scenario that yeah, you but how do you access the akashic records though the internet is a concrete it's you know touchable it's on a, it's, it's a 3d version of the akashic records right right so it's more interactable but i'm saying was that same skill set that was able to be de- developed within the human through years of effort is becoming yes. effortless Yes. And so because of that, we're no longer utilizing that skill. First, one of the one of the books that I like to give people uh, when first like looking into this is What Doesn't Kill Me. And this was a book done about Wim Hof by an investigative journalist that was out to disprove Wim Hof's methods. Right. And so he went out to disprove him. But after spending time and training with him, he's like, fuck, man, this guy's actually on to something. But what he goes through, I think it's like in the first like three or four chapters is um, a lot of our lost abilities. Because one of the things that he found out while studying Wim is that Wim had produced a lot more brown fat cells, right? Brown fat cells is what's needed for thermogenesis to help regulate heat when you're exposed to cold weather. And so he did all this research and seeing people that live in cold weather environments and that get exposed to cold weather have a much higher rate of brown fat cells, which then enables them to be in cold weather for longer periods of time. And that is an adaptable human trait. Majority of us live in air conditioned environments to the point that you could be in 72 degrees pretty much your whole fucking life if you wanted to. I have zero brown fat cells right now (laughs) in my temperature controlled environment. I'm cold. Yes. Okay. I'm like a small gerbil. (laughs) I'm always shivering. Oh boy. Yes. You need some cold, cold weather. I mean, I I do, I do cold therapy every morning in the, in the, in the shower. And man, I mean, the Oregon tanks, bro, the Oregon tanks make that water fucking cold. From California, from LA, it was like a bath. This mm-hmm. is freezing, bro. And I'll be in there for 60 seconds praying that it's over. And if I push it over, sometimes I go, ah, it hurts, but it's better than coffee. <laughs> better than coffee. And I right. feel like it's doing something for, for my immune system. I feel like it makes my immune system mean. It's like, it beefs it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, one minutes of cold water is the brown fat cells. Another one is going to be immune regulation. Another one is going to be efficiency of the blood vessels and then a, f- a few others. The other thing they go over in that book is that we all have this magnetic receptor, magnetoreceptor. And it was found actually in the 2000s that is in the, like in the sinuses that always knows where north is. 
And again, like, like you just said, you always use GPS really? on your phone. So like, you don't know exactly what that is. And what it is, but it exists within the human. We just don't use it. For instance, if you would ask, you know, back in the day, a native person where somebody or something was at in the room, they would give you a cardinal direction. This person is to my west. This person is to my south. This this thing is to my right. Oh, we're going right, to go right, there right. to the north. They never said, I'm going to go left. Or, this person is to my left. They always knew where they were at in the world, right? Well, and dude. so, but these are just a few examples of the many of the, the, intelli- of the intelligence and the skills and the sensory mechanisms that exist within the human that we've been slowly relinquishing and really sacrificing for this external technology for greater levels of efficiency. The question becomes, what is a point of no return, right? Where, where do you give so much away for the means of greater levels of efficiency and less effort that you've lost out on the human experience? And that's that is exactly what I've been asking. Yes. And when, when is enough enough? When's it fucking enough enough? And then there's like a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, like we're, we're evolved. Again, I don't think that we're very evolved. I think we've been in actually a de-evolution of, of a human in many ways. You say, Some of you are like, oh, no, yeah. what, what period are you going back to, bro? Are you going back to the medieval times when we didn't have fucking sanitation? Da, 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 da? No, go back fucking further. Go back further. Actually do some deep work and honestly understand like origin of people. Now, again, some of the advances that are going to be made to aid the human uh, experience as an ally, beautiful. And I would say we've come to a point of technology where we've gone like logarithmic, where it's gone exponential growth in a way that it's, it's almost like a runaway train in some ways. Right. Because people are just creating shit to create shit because they can create shit. And you can almost right. create anything you fucking want. And they're not bringing the morals and ethics into the question at what point has it gone too far and now we're losing our human. And that point is a level of singularity, which you're seeing happen with a lot of this move towards the, you know, the global economic forum, right? Where you want a one world currency and then it's basically one world fucking order. And then it's everything, you know, there's all kinds of weird shit that's happening because this would be better for the whole. But you forget, we want to move in unity, but not complete, um, complete submersion where it's all, when I think unity, I think a bunch of fractals, a bunch of pieces coming together, but not solidifying. Like we are in support as individuals, sovereign individuals in support and unification. I have respect for your needs as much as I uh, have respect for my own needs. So we have a mutual respect for each other and we can move forward towards unity. And I can, I can respect your opinions and thoughts as much as you respect my opinions, opinions and thoughts and vice versa. But I'm not ever meant to mesh with like I fully solidify with you. I need to stay sovereign in my being. Otherwise, I've lost my human. And that's what people are uh, missing here, I believe. That's exactly what Malcolm X said. Malcolm X said, no integration, separation. (laughs) He said, we don't need to mix. We want our own businesses. We want our own community. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) And separation does not mean segregation either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man. I would go on a Malcolm tangent right now. I feel like I've been doing that on a few podcasts. I'm going to start alienating people because I'm such a huge Malcolm <laughs> fan. I just been, been like studying him and reading uh, different books on him and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you. I think that that we are getting to a point where we're not just because something can be done doesn't mean it should be done. And, yeah. and there's been a lot of, you know, 
ancient allegorical warnings about this too. Even if you look at like Frankenstein, you know, just like, and not, it's not an ancient warning, but it's sure. like, you know, it's, it, it, so the questions are like, you know, should something be done at what costs, you know, what do we lose when we also gain something, you know, um, there's all, there's never a, there's, there's never, there's no free lunch ever on an individual level or a societal level. So we're, we're deep into eating our free lunch and realizing that it wasn't so free. We're going to have to pay something, you know, we're not going to backtrack in our technology. Like you might be aware that this is happening, but we're still going in this direction. At least humanity is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, something that comes up for me is I do a lot of work in purpose, right? I read tone for a living. When I say tone, like, you know, tone, tone is a vibration. And life is the expression of tone through matter, right? Life is the expression of tone through matter. So when I'm working with people on the chiropractic table, you know, I'm assessing tone. So you're, you're assessing myofascial tone, you're assessing um, the tone and vibration of the, of the nerve system and what is sympathetic stress versus parasympathetic stress. And, you know, it goes deep. But when I'm in communication with, with somebody, it's not just the words they're saying, it's how they're saying them. I'm in an assessment of tone of postures, tone of tone of being. And as somebody that reads tone for a living, what I've come to realize is when people are feeling very fulfilled, it's in connection to utilizing their unique purpose, their unique purpose. When they are not connected to their why, which is a very personal why, which often life um it does a great job of revealing to us through our, our personal stories and challenges and blessings that when they're not in their unique why, in their unique purpose, they are much less fulfilled. And so if we surrender, again, our human and individuality to a group think we've lost that and we are a subdued version of ourselves because nobody, nobody is living in their purpose. Nobody is living fully fulfilled because now it's become about the group's fulfillment. And unfortunately, what you're doing is you're taking a potential that doesn't want the potential work and effort to find it, to discover it, and basically just putting a cap. Like it's like almost like putting like, you know, like when you get a certain car, sometimes like when you get these electric cars, right? The car can actually go 180, 220 miles an hour, but it has a, has a capacitor on it, right? I feel like that's what we've done to humanity throughout this time is like, you see it happen. And that's like part of cancel culture and all this other crazy shit that's happening is anybody, right. That is thinking outside of what is now the main, right. Um, corporate media driven agenda, which has nothing to do with health, which has nothing to do with science, which has nothing to do with healing is, is censored, ridiculed, shame, cut off, canceled to the point that you can't even joke anymore because the level of it's not even the level of sensitivity is so high because some people see it and it's like oh are, why are people so sensitive it's not even that they're so sensitive they're so fucking scared they're fucking so scared of being canceled by others to even fucking laugh like this is like it's it's gotten to a point like again so the question is are we actually having the 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 wide dynamic uh, variety and expression of what it means to be human. Because in the human experience, it's not this muted, subdued, low capacity system. It's a very high capacity system. It's an infinite system because it's connected to the infinite, which means we can have the highest of highs of joy, of power, of fierceness, of love, of courage, of strength, of boldness, 
and the fucking lowest of lows to the deepest bellies of depression and sadness and regret and despair and shame and fucking all of it. And to me, that's what makes the human so beautiful. And, and in my communion with, with God, with spirit, and with you know some of these other uh, ascended energies that are available to us, that's the information that I receive when I talk about or when I ask about the human experience. They want to know what it's like to feel the way that we feel. They want to know what it's like to feel the way that we feel. And I think what uh, also I imagine gets missed is if you move towards that singularity, you're, you're missing out on the depth of that experience as it relates to a human. We have a very unique you know, brain, spinal cord, nerve system, and, and how the brain is, is configured so that when these energies come through our system, how we, how we perceive them in such a very unique way. And oftentimes we judge it so hard you know, and, 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 and want, and don't want it. And, and try to figure out these, give me, give me the medicine, huh? give me the, give me the pharmaceutical fucking drugs. So I can not feel this shit. Cause I don't know. Cause I don't want effort to find the fucking lesson. So now we can go into healing. If we want to go into healing. <laughs> How you doing, bro? Uh, where, 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 where to, where to start with you today? I was wondering what type of interview it was going to be, but it's a good, it's good. It's good. Sometimes you need the hot fire. People need to reexamine. Mm-hmm. why we're doing things, you know, yeah, stay woke is, is real. You know, it's like, and, and like, just stay aware, stay aware of your motivations for things, stay aware of whether or not your thoughts are your own or their thoughts that have been, you know, mm-hmm. broadcast and you've received, think about how much of the, the activity that goes on in our mind is what someone else wants us to think. So just mm-hmm. detach yourself a little bit from that. Uh, I know that you frequently go on different types of like either real or virtual fasts, like a social media fast or an actual food fast. And I think mm-hmm. those are great ways to like cleanse the space so you can just get some clarity on what's real, what's not, what's me, what's that. And all the stuff that you're talking about, I think, can become more clear through those types of practices. 100%. 100%. I could go in. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in what you want to know. You know, because I can go on a few different areas here. I do think that is important. You know, I mean, because you you do a good job talking about that too. I remember when we were in Bali in 2018, and you dropped the mm-hmm. uh, pendulums, paradigms, and uh, programs, yeah, programs, which yeah. is a beautiful you know concept on this. I, if you don't mind, I'd like to teach about energy real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, then there's many realms Daniel and I can get into, uh, and Thank you for listening so far. This is going to be one that it is for whatever reason, it's coming in heavy right now. It's coming in potent. And so this is one that you'll actually get more benefit in the second to third time listening if you're willing to do that. And then if you have questions, reach out. You know, I'm, I'm happy to go and continue to educate uh, deeper on these things. And I know Daniel is as well. So real quick on energy. And I think what people don't understand, uh, or there's a, a large group that doesn't understand, is how much of our thoughts, right, are really a conditioning based on the energy that we interact with most. Right? And I, I believe if I can present it in this way, I, I'm hoping that it provides a, a new level of clarity, um, while also providing a deeper level of challenge to potentially your current perspective and paradigm. So with that said, uh, most people confuse mind with brain, mind with brain, your mind is not your brain. 
Your mind is not your brain. If you look within your brain, you will not find mind. Mind does not exist within the brain. Okay. So what happens is your brain is actually a receiver and then a transducer of energy, right? So basically there is a flow of energy that will come through. And then based on the organization of your brain and how it's wired, and then the neuro, the neurologic synapses and connections that it's made through uh, throughout this lifetime and beyond, um, it then configures that information in a certain way. Right. Um, that portal of information or energy that comes through us that we most uh, relate to with mind is going to be primarily based on our energetic grid that's associated with our previous experiences. That's the one that we give our ego, our personality, our personal reality. But what you'll find through deep levels of meditation and other experiences is that there's uh, there's other uh, portals of information that are available to you. Uh, I do a deep dive on this, on uh, teaching on mind um, in a variety of forms, but I, I don't think that's the most important piece now. But for now, I need you to learn that your mind is not your brain. Your mind is not your brain. So whenever you feel like um, you are you are compressed or enslaved to this, this brain of yours, understand that the brain is not the problem. You are mainly reflecting energy, energy. And so one of the easiest ways that I like to uh, give people an image of this is most of us have seen like the movie, The Matrix, right? And in The Matrix, you had that, that those, those green symbols, right? Uh, letters that were running down the screen. So what I like to do is have you imagine, if you will, your system, because this is what you are. You're not matter. You're more energy than you are matter. A lot more energy than you are matter. Right. So you break you break yourself down to the smallest of small. You'll go into, you know, the, the, the energetic nature of yourself. So now in an image, I want you to uh, see in your mind's eye you and then remove the matter. And now just see this flowing grid of energy moving through your system. It's 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 actually geometries, you know, um, reflected different changes of tone and vibration organize into different layers of geometry. So this actual flowing grid, and that's the only reason you see organized matter. It's, it's, it, it organizes into a form of geometry. And then we project an image based on what our, what our brain is, is trying to figure out based on the energy and information that's coming in. So for right now, just see a flow of fucking energy. If you want to make it green little letters, sure. And, or if you're seeing something different, see that. Know that whatever you are perceiving as mind is based on your unique energetic grid. So however your whole system, so it's not even just brain, however your whole system is organized is the type of information you will be receiving to you. Say this again, this is very important. Based on how your energetic grid, which is you, your energy, based on how your energetic grid is organized, it will determine basically the tone or the vibration the radio signal, if you will, that you receive it. So now the information that comes to you that you call mind is fully based on the organization of your energetic grid. So how do you change your energetic grid? It should be one of the biggest questions you have if you're receiving information that you don't like or that is not a benefit to you. Meaning that if I'm having thoughts that are consistently um, uh, demeaning to my nature, are uh, a liability to my well-being, I got to ask, what the fuck is up with my energy? 
Now, in this, as we're receiving information in the realm of different uh, you know, news portals and da-da-da-da, you're also fucking choosing that. You're choosing that by how your energetic grid is set up. And you say, oh, I don't fucking choose that, man. I had a hard fucking life, you know, 18 years of fucking trauma. Yeah. How long does it take to reorganize your energy? Seven years. Better start today, right? Seven years. You got to seven years. Seven years. So, seven years to basically um, reorganize every cell in your human body. That's the turnover for all cells in your body. It's also seven years for a whole other energetic cycle. So, um, if you, yeah, seven years, seven years to, to completely uh, shift your energetic field. And in that, right, we have habits, we have patterns, we have uh, traumatic memories and da, 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 da. But my energetic grid for what I want to receive can be completely changed within seven years. And then what you'll find is that the higher levels of the awakened and the reorganized energy and consciousness, I can become selective with the information that I want to receive. So I bring this all up because there's a lot of corporate corporate media programming that is putting limit limiting really behaviors, actions, and potentials on a human being that is infinite in nature to the point that you feel like you need you need a fucking pharmaceutical drug, right? Which is basically an attempt to synthesize what naturally occurs in nature to to feel a certain way. Often because we have become resistant to the work and to the effort to actually discover the lesson, which actually moves us to healing. And yes, it's coming in fucking thick. I'm going to have to re-listen to it. It's okay. So healing. What is healing? Healing is revealing your already wholeness. You are part of the infinite. Part of the infinite. Not separate. Part of. I find it interesting that the, the same level of telescope that we have to see into the cosmic abyss is relevant to the same level of microscope that we have to see within us. So we're part of it. We are a microcosm of the macrocosm, a microcosm of the universe. And so in that, when we heal, we reveal our wholeness. And in revealing our wholeness, we realize that we are infinite, that we are capable. And healing is also finding the lesson behind the symptom, behind the pain. And again, what a lot of people have relinquished is their natural God-given ability to heal and instead choose to have their health managed or symptoms managed and all this other shit because they're not willing to do the work to discover the lesson. And so there's a lot of um, capacity that's been put on the human through social conditioning, through uh, you know education, through uh, a lot of different ways that this society works. And a lot of it, the way that it works is, is not to honor the highest version of you, but to honor a version of you that is the, the most submissive and willing to be controlled for the greatest benefit of a few. And I think the quicker people come to realize that, the more they'll start to unplug from the conditioning. But it's hard to unplug from the conditioning until you can actually see it for what it is. And so you have to, again, yeah, so remove yourself. You talked about the fasting component. I love the fat. Like, when's the last time you just removed all of the conditioning that's happening all around you? And now it happens through your fucking phone, right? Whatever you do, Daniel could talk a lot about this. As soon as you open your phone, it doesn't matter if you go to Google, you know, some say, oh, DuckDuckGo is better than Google. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As soon as you open it up, there's algorithms that are working to condition you. It's, it's not even the, you know, it's the algorithms and it's just the fact that the phone itself exists. Right. You know, it, 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 it's the technology itself existing uh, and us becoming reliant and outsourcing our whole lives to uh, platforms that, 
you know, are making decisions on some level. I mean, you know, I, I think about the real life consequences of just living in relationship to an algorithm. That's really what it is in relationship. You do one thing, it does another. And it makes so many decisions for us that shape our lives. I met my wife on OkCupid and it curates a certain set of people <laughs> and, and it curate and it, and it selects the ones it thinks I would like. And who knows how, who knows who is programming that box? I mean, by the way, great job, seriously, bang on job, but it's not always like that. Hmm. Uh, you know, and I think too, about just living by living by GPS, for instance, how that's completely eliminated my ability to have context clues of my environment. I almost never pay attention to where I'm going now. And it's damaging. I think about, and, that, and that's just, that's just because I've outsourced my, my working memory. You know, I've outsourced a lot of my short-term processing. Um, so even outside of the algorithmic level of like, we're being controlled by these algorithms that have wants and needs. It's like just the fact that we're outsourcing our attention to it. Like I don't store phone numbers anymore. I don't store conversations anymore because they're all on text. So I feel like it's made my working memory a lot, a lot poorer. And I find myself in some ways reminiscing about the focus that I felt in high school sometimes, you know, or in college, like to write a whole paper, because now it really takes much more effort just to get in the zone. I feel just to get in the zone because there are so many doorways to your attention now, whereas before there were fewer. Yes. Yes. So I think what becomes a big question is what skills do I want to develop? Right. And then actually asking that in a good way that, because a lot of times what people is they go to what is trending, right. Um, to what is the most relevant to, you know, where we're predicting uh, potential spaces to go into. And I do think, yes, it's great to have a level of awareness there, but how many people have decided the skill sets that they want to develop based on all of those things instead of based on their innate gift, right? So I do believe that we were all born out of a universal need and that we all have an inherent gift and talent and skill set that can be developed that is going to serve humanity in a beautiful way, in a beautiful way. I think many have lost touch with that and instead have been consumed in a way into what are the needs of the industry more than what are my unique needs first. Now, with that said, your unique need can serve the whole, right? Without a doubt. And I think that that, that, is, that is the goal. Uh, uh, that is the purpose. But when you do it in reverse is the problem, meaning that many are letting um, their, their cues and their insights come from the industry and the agenda, the, the movement that's being led in, in certain directions and that, that's being showcased to you. Because what's happening, right, is it's like a programming of vision. Right. You see this news story and you automatically create a vision in your head, an image in your head of, oh, I think it can go this way. Oh, I think it can go this way. I think this way. I think this way. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. shit, shit. How am I going to prepare? Uh, what if you let that happen from you from the inside out? What if you were informed from that infinite intelligence that exists within you? And then based on that information, based on that relationship that you had with self, based on the relationship you had with your human, then you looked into the world and see how it could be best applied. I believe if we live closer to this inside out principle, instead of this outside in principle, we will find deeper inner fulfillment. But as long as we are staying in this outside in model, 
um, will slowly lose the internal. And now again, we've we've moved into the solidification of the human, which is no longer human. Um, very important. Very important. I just don't understand why people don't understand that jujitsu would solve all these problems. <laughs> it, it would everything you were saying. I was saying jujitsu would solve that. It would solve that. It would solve that. Guys, just that's the takeaway for this lesson. Go mm-hmm. start training. Go start you know? training. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, I think there's a certain amount of sensitivity that you have to have to yourself in order to have it to others, and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're just also numb. Like there are so many. Um, uh, parts of American culture that like almost make fun of how numb we are. Like you look at like American beauty, for instance, the idea of like Kevin Spacey, the 45 year old dad who just, you know, has it all, but has nothing fucking hates his life is basically an addict, you know, addicted to porn, drinking, you know, whatever. And, you know, he just, he has to let it all go to be free, you know, to feel like he can finally have something for his life. And because he never, he never went for anything that he cared about. He never built anything. He never created anything. He never gave anything. He never, he didn't, he didn't fuck the world. He didn't, he didn't, you know, make the world his bitch. He didn't, you know, he didn't go for anything. He didn't try, you know, and there's so much pent up aggression from just not even trying. And then there's like, you know, so many of us are just like, uh, we're like, we're like incels for our own dreams. We won't fuck our dreams. You know, we won't go for it. We won't go after it. You know, that's, that's the moral of the story. Go for it. You're going to die. You know, and I think that would relieve a lot of the, a lot of the, the people not connecting with each other, tapping in is because we're all just like, we're all just like constipated and sell, you know, you know, spiritually stagnant, you know, we're, we're celibate towards our dreams. We don't go for it. You know, I think that would solve a lot of it. Yes. Yes. We need to have experiences, you know, that, that shake us up from, from the ordinary because. And have, the- pe- and have peak experiences, guys. Maslow talks about this peak peak human experiences where you just go to the tippy top of how you can feel, you know, yes. where, when, when you're really pursuing something and you get into flow and, and sometimes that takes a while to, uh, to get good enough to get into flow. Cause when you suck, you're not in flow and you're thinking about it too much, but then pursuing something, anything long enough to get into flow, whether it's a creative thing or, you know, writing or something, anything like that, but just like, don't be comfortable with, just living the life that's laid out in front of you. Because if you do that, there's already, they've already predetermined what you're going to do. You're going to stay online all day. You're going to shop. You're going to buy all their shit. You're going to pass whatever laws they say are the hottest to protect you because you're supposed to be scared about whatever they tell you to be scared about. Um, The corporations care about the money. uh, The politicians care about the power and neither one of them care about you. Um, You know, it's just so so just be aware of that stuff and then make your own decisions and 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 go and do hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't be don't don't fall asleep. That was money, bro. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the corporations care about money and the politicians care about power and need them care about you. Oh, man. With that said, there are good people out there doing beautiful things, you know, and um uh, a good practice of discernment is to see, you know, what, what is this mission? Why, why look for the why beyond things, you know? Um, Cause I do think there are, there are businesses and, and could be corporations. It, yes. They're, they're there to make a profit. And yet the, they're there to also to, to do that in a really good way that benefits humanity. And then there's there that, so there's there, there's those that value people over profit 
And there's those that value profit over people. And um, be in alignment with those that value people over profit. Be in alignment. I, I think that, you know, yeah, we're going to have to live with some of those cancerous ones because that's just the way of the world. It's a way of like navigating, understanding who you're dealing with and not being fooled when Amazon says, oh, we're going to donate $50 million to charity over the next X years. And you're like, first of all, you make that every single day. Second of all, where's the money? You know, it's like, yeah. just don't, don't, at least, at least I think, I think back in like the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe even before that people really believed what they were being told. I think now they're more discerning in general, because there's more from access to information. So continue that discernment and like, you know, hold people accountable too. don't just, just because someone makes your life more convenient, doesn't mean they can trample over your freedom or over your, over, over your, your economic mobility, you know, and and also recognize the cost of like Amazon expanding means grocery store, local grocery stores go boop. And, you know, other bookstores go boop. And, you know, price control becomes a serious thing. This is why I, I'm i surprised Amazon hasn't been broken up as a monopoly because what they do in the online space is tremendously impressive on the one hand and terrifying on the other hand. So many of my clients and friends have businesses that depend on Amazon as a channel to sell their stuff, but Amazon can directly copy their goods, make a basics version of it, take their manufacturers, change the prices, delist them, unlist them. And they have the biggest e-commerce platform in the world and the largest subscription company you know, in the United States. They are, they're controlling so much of the commerce and they've only gotten bigger. Jeff Bezos got a divorce. He lost half of his money and came back twice as rich the next year. I mean, it's unstoppable. So it's just being aware of that stuff, you know, and, um, and then, you know, like I, I will frequently make choices that I feel like just to, just to spite some of these bigger companies, because I know that to me, it adds up. <laughs> yes. yes. 100%, man. I think, you know, when thinking about some of this stuff, because you can go into that, it's a lot of different industries, but thinking about some of the stuff that can become defeating, right? You're like, well, fuck, how do I know of, if I have awareness of how far that goes or it's like, just do your best every day. Just do your best every day. Just do your best best every day. And like, for what I often ask myself, you know, is, um, am I, am I showing up in a really good way? Knowing that, uh, there's always a chance to get better, like in the continual evolution of life, uh, in its dynamic nature, I just need to be better. So I don't need to be perfect or have the perception of that was a perfect day. It's like, no, did I get a little better? Did I get a little bit better in awareness? Did I get a little bit better in discernment? Did I get a little bit better in my uh, emotional acuity? Did I get a little bit better in my habit? Did I get a little better in relationship and communication and fitness? Like whatever it is, like 1% better every day and just commit to being better. And then um, I do want to go on this because I think I think currency, you know, I, I made a post the other day, um, like a little story. And, you know, because basically seeing uh, what happened in Ottawa, but you've seen it in other countries and outside of Canada. But, you know, there was an emergency act that was uh, proposed and then went in, I think went in for a few days. And then within that, they they gained the ability to freeze bank accounts as they deem necessary. Right. Freeze bank accounts from the citizens uh, based on whatever they thought. Uh, was deemed necessary. And then he even started going into crypto accounts and all these other things. And, and then, you know, Kanye had that, that post that went out. It was like the date on it. Right. And now everybody's using it to me. Like they, like, like my, my, my account's not hijacked. Right. Cause then he started posting all the crazy stuff, but then you know, it was like, and then basically on that little meme, it was um, like, you're basically one emergency, emergency uh, 
mandate away from your bank accounts being frozen, right? Which to some people is terrifying. And then the question that came up is like, well, where do I put my money, right? Oh, should I be cash? Should I be gold? Should I be, should I be gym? Should I be, uh, you know, real estate? You know, this is like a big question. And what came in for me clear as fucking day, which diversify, but what came in for me clear as day was this. I believe the number one currency of the modern day which does have pretty high levels of uncertainty, is relationships. Some might argue uh, it's always been that, right? And I, and I could see that, right? Um, was it Del Carnegie wrote a book about that? Eh? Um, talked about the importance of relationships. But what I'm seeing right now is, and then I, I remember having this, actually having this experience. And it was like, um, it was sometime like 2016, 2017. So I graduated chiropractic school in 2013 and I go start teaching all these seminars, right? And for a period, I was teaching like 25 or 26 seminars a year, fucking like basically every week and every other weekend. And, um, you know, at the time, the business was still growing. A lot of them were profitable, but I would be out teaching hours, fucking putting hours, hours and not really seeing a lot of money in return. But something shifted for me during that time. There was a moment that even though financially, you know, I was modest, barely, right? I felt like I became the richest man in the world. And the shift was this. At that moment, I had served so hard out of abundance with no expectation of anything in return. That's the lasting purpose that one of my mentors, Dr. Sid Williams, talked about, uh, to, to give, to love, to serve out of a sense of abundance with no expectation of anything in return. I felt like at that moment that I had served so hard for that last like seven years in all forms, like just showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up. That if anything was to ever happen to me, to me, my family, you know, my financial situation, that I know that somebody would come help me, right? And that was the switch. I was like, man, I've, I feel like I've reached a point that I've developed enough community and I've served so hard and I've built these you know, real strong relationships that regardless of circumstance, you know, maybe I'm out of home, maybe I'm out food, maybe I'm, I, I can't work for uh, six months, I mean, whatever it is, that if I needed help and I asked for help, that I'd get it because I had served so big. Um, and so I feel like that hundred percent. I feel like I made so many motherfuckers so much money. If I need help, everyone better come running, running, running. <laughs> How can I help? Seriously. <laughs> but it's exactly that. Could you imagine though, a world that focused on relationships as the biggest store of value? You know what I mean? That, and I feel like that, way. right. I feel like that, that could be a return, you know, to our, our, um, our tribal nature. I feel like our real evolution is actually a return. Many are thinking more modernization and more technology and blah, 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 blah. I feel like the greatest evolution is to return to our origin, to return more back to uh, simpler ways of life, not more complicated ones, to, to really uniting with nature in a good way, to setting up clean, healthy boundaries for how we work, how we participate, and what we consider stores of value. You know, more exchanges with one another, uh, more reciprocity. Um, and so I think um, moving forward, you know, for those that need to hear it, something like, ah, that wasn't for me. But for those that need to hear it, um, how can you be strengthening your relationships through your ability to show up to serve and not need anything from anybody? The, the common is, I'll do this for you if you do this for me, right? Where can you show up and serve just in a really good way because you want to support and the way the universe works, though, I'll tell you this much. When you serve out of abundance, you get served out of, out of abundance, right? When you serve out of abundance, you get served out of abundance. And often when you're doing that quantum level of service, that abundance level of service, 
um, it's not always direct. So you might be serving for a little bit. You don't see the direct return. It's usually, that's actually how you know that you've reached the quantum level of service, the, the, the abundant level of service, the unconditional level of service, is that you receive in a way that you don't expect, that you don't expect. But I really feel like, you know, what the world needs right now is a lot of that, that the big loving service to serve out of abundance, not need anything, show up in support. And then, of course, you know, when you show up in a really good way, the universe wants to help you, wants to provide for you, will give you new opportunities, it will give you what you ask for. So the other thing is, is pray, you know, pray. Something that's really shifted for me in this new year, which I've been, I've been praying, you know, for seven, eight years, but uh, the strength of the prayer, the strength of the prayer, it's, it's kind of took on a new form. And uh, there's a reason, you know, that, you know, I think it's in Genesis, you know, the, the words were spoken over the water, spoken over the, the water, and that's what took form to creation. There's something very powerful about our word and vibration and tone. And so when we have an opportunity, not just to write our intentions, but to actually voice our prayer in a good way, united, connected with all that is, we have the opportunity to join that, that connected field, and then to witness as those prayers are answered. And for those of you that have a hard time hearing the word prayer, think intention, think affirmation, if you will. But um, there's a lot of beauty there for us. I also suggest this, you know, something that came from a recent ceremony is like start blessing each other's lives. One of my my, my favorite sayings right now is, you know, like you see somebody, they start telling you about their day and what they're going through. Right. And like, you know, like they just got, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe they're working on a new project or um, I say, hey. So Daniel like tell me, oh yeah, I got the new wave. We just did our event, you know, and we wear these, you know, bomb ass jujitsu suits I had custom made. Well, man, bless your creativity, Daniel. Bless your. That's what bless- they say in the south, man. They always say, oh, bless your heart, which really means fuck you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Put on her in a real way. And then another. Thing <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Is uh, <laughs> another thing is everything for you, everything for you. Somebody starts sharing, like, can you actually witness them, listen to them? And want the best for them, right? And I think that that will help you with the abundance side because a lot of times what happens when you start hearing hearing something, you think, "Oh, what about me? You know, or what about what what I what I do or don't have, or where I feel lack?" But it's like immediate comparison. Immediate comparison. So when you get into the habit of like hearing things and immediately wanting everything for that person, you're like, man, I want, I want to, you know, attract this level of a job opportunity, this level of business, this amount of collections, this amount of people served. Da, 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 da. Fuck yeah, everything for you, Daniel. Everything. Bless your life, man. Bless, bless all those new people coming in a new way. Bless them, man. I, I start, I started looking at that too. Like I started looking at myself and realizing that, like. Okay, if I'll hear someone who's having a lot of success, naturally, I'll look at those things and I'll just without even almost thinking, compare, I'll break it down and say, do I have what they have? How much more? How much less? And I'll say, okay, either they have less than I have and I'll say, that's why I'm awesome. Or they'll have more than I have. and I'll say, damn, I feel like lack. I feel like I need to catch up. (laughs) Neither neither one of those are effective thought patterns for staying mentally healthy or even getting what I want. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it doesn't make sense for me to ever be jealous of something that someone else has, because that is silently, silently, like disaffirming my own ability to get it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I, I would even feel that like, cause I just got promoted to, uh, to purple last night. And so that was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. And I would find myself at, at promotions when I felt like I should get promoted seeing people get promoted and say, oh, well, I should have that. I wish I had that. And getting like, you know, like, oh, you know, frustrated. And when I shifted my focus to, 
I already have the purple belt up here. How do I make my skill level match how I feel? It dissolved the, it dissolved the logging and it accelerated the progress. Yep. You got it. That's the key. That's the key right there. He said it. Lean into that. All right, brother. About that time, man. We about that time. <laughs> we do. We do have an event coming up. And uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that in the intro and the outro. But uh, Soul Revival, you want to talk a little bit about Soul Revival? Yeah, Soul, Soul Revival is a, a vision three years in the making. So the vision originally came through in 2019. First event was supposed to happen March 2020, which Daniel was going to be a part of. And then basically the last week we got shut down, you know, venue got shut down, California shut us down, all of it. Right. Uh, you guys know how that story goes. And then last year we did a, a hybrid version because shit was still a little weird from the public perception. And so we had a small group in person and part online. And this year's the, the fully activated version. So the full send uh, be here in Tucson, Arizona, March 26th. We have a, an incredible speaker lineup. It'll be Daniel D. Piazza, Ruby Freeman, uh, Charlie Rocket, myself, and my uh, KTC uh, lead facilitator team, uh, which is an incredible bunch of uh, speakers and healing facilitators. But basically, think like Tony Robbins meets Joe Dispenza meets Burning Man kind of vibes. So it's uh, it's an activated ceremony and festival, if you will, um, that will have speakers, it will have experiences, there'll be meditation, there'll be breath work, there'll be ecstatic dance, there's going to be uh, art, there's, yeah, it's, it's everything. And we're really excited to put it all together because that's exactly what I feel like humanity needs right now is to come together in community and heal. And so uh, this is Soul Revival, March 26th in Tucson, Arizona. We'd love for you to be there. Healing Codes. And so if you've liked what you've heard so far, you're just intrigued <laughs> to experience more. I just want to get together with some really awesome humans. Uh, we invite you to come up. And we'll, uh, we'll put everything in the show notes. I'm going to be sending this stuff out anyway, and uh, we'll be talking about it more uh, in the weeks to come. So yeah, man, much love. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks, brother. Well, 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 I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. We had such a good time uh, hanging out with Brett. And one thing I love about uh, meeting people with different perspectives is that I always come away with something each time. You know, with Brett, I think one of the most important things that I take, not just from the conversation and the specifics of what he was saying, but just from his presence, that it's okay to be passionate and deeply invested in who you are and what you stand for. And I think so many of us have been neutered in a way. We've been we've been nullified. We've been turned vanilla. We've been declawed. We've been kind of just, we've been turned into something other than the true powerful being that we are. And when you can develop your own sense of identity and then live your life based on that, you can have a pretty righteous life, dude, and have a fun life living it too and not feel ashamed about who you are, what you stand for, and um, and being passionate and, when necessary, uh, vocal about what you care about is one of the best feelings in the world. So that's one thing I always take from Brett and I hope you took that from him as well. That wraps up today's episode. Make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com. Make sure you're subscribed on all the uh, the platforms that we're listed on. All I got, 
The water is warm. The tide is rising. So jump on in. It's time to surf this new wave. Daniel, out.